me when it starts. Four, three, two, blast off. Hey, everyone. Recording in progress. Very good. Okay, Shalom Baracha. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to new people online. We're continuing with Likute Moran. I'm using this edition here. You can use any edition you want. Lesson Kafdalet 24. We're still in paragraph number three. We're going to finish up uh, what we did uh, last week. Just before that, we gave a class yesterday, and some people here are, were on the class. I'll just give you a nice chidush from the class, okay? Since Lagbaumer is this week, and we cannot not speak about Reb Shimon. If you look in Likute Moran, the very beginning, after the Hakdama, there's a prologue, okay? It doesn't go straight into Torah Aleph. You see, the Torah, each lesson has a number. Lesson one, lesson two, lesson three. In between the introduction and the beginning of the actual lesson, Torah Aleph, there's a little prologue about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. A little paragraph about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, okay? So there's a story brought down that, you know, right after Rabbi Nachman passed away, one of his chassidim, one of his followers, uh, went to a very far village where he assumed Breslev wasn't heard about yet, they didn't know about Rabbi Nachman yet, and he had nowhere to stay, he stayed by the house of the Rav. So when he was by the house of the Rav, he saw on the table a Likute Moran, and he was shocked that already the book reached such a far city, so far away from the the Breslev Velt, the Ukrainian Velt, whatever you want to call it. He was somewhere very far. I don't know exactly where he went. And he was shocked that he had the Kutemoran. So the Breslever, he told the Rav, you have the Sefer? He says, yes, of course. You, you know the, you know the, you know the Mechaber? You know the Sefer? Of course. I was his Talmud. He said, I have, an, I have a big question to ask you. Why does he start off the Sefer with this little thing about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai? What does it say here, by the way? If you take a look in this little paragraph, it says there, quoting the Gemara, that, that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai had an had a, had a argument with the Chachamim of Kerem Biyavne. The Chachamim in Kerem Biyavne, they, they said to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Torah is going to be forgotten. And they brought a Pasuk to prove that. So Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai stood up and he said, Shalom, the Torah will not be forgotten, because the Pasuk says, Ki lo tishachach mipi zaro. The Torah will not be forgotten from the mouth of Am Yisrael, his, Am Yisrael, Yisrael's offspring. Okay, so Menachem points out, he says, look at the Ruach HaKodesh in the Torah. The Pasuk says, Lo tishachach mi Take the last letters of each word, Ki is Yud, Lo Aleph, tishachach chet mi pi Yud, Zaro, Vav, that's Yochai. The Pasuk is hinting, the Zerah of me, of the person who's hinted to in the Pasuk himself, Yochai, the Zerah of Yochai is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And he says there, this is what Rabbi Nachman says, this is what the Zohar says. Rabbi Shimon says about his book, the Zohar, All this he says there, that through this Sefer, the Jews will come out of the Galut. Okay? This is why, it was a shir last night, and that's good shir. This is why we make a big deal of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai more than other tzaddikim. This obviously is besides Rabbi Nachman and Uman, his promise, his Rosh Hashanah. That's, that's one thing. But with that caliber is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Fine. This is what, let's go back to the story. This is what Rabbi Nachman writes here. So the Rav asked his rest of her, why do you think, why do you think Rabbi Nachman started his Sefer with this amazing 
little insight. It could have been the Torah. You have in the Kutimuan small lessons, which are like three lines, four lines, five lines. Why wasn't this another lesson? Why was it like they put it as a prologue? So the breast of asked the Rav, I have a feeling you, know, you have an answer. What do you have to say? So the Rav said to the breast of her, I have a feeling that Rabbi Nachman is hinting to who he really is. Because the Rokeach writes that every Mechaber of a Sefer, every author of a book, he should write in the introduction his remnants of his name. So the Rav said, I noticed that Shimon Yochai is Gematria 501, and Nachman Simcha, the father of Rabbi Nachman was Simcha, Nachman ben Simcha, Shimon ben Yochai, 501. The exact same Gematria. And that, he's hinting who he really is. He's hinting to Rabbi Nachman. The Rav said that, he's not even abreast of her. The Rav was telling the follower, I have a feeling, because when you read Likute Moran with an honest perspective, you will see that this can't be written by a normal person. It's impossible. Rav Nosen writes this in the introduction. It's impossible that this sefer was written Mikeres Male, like a regular walking uh, rabbi who writes far. It can't be. It's impossible. It is so far-reaching, so deep, and so penetrating, it can't be written by a normal, a normal tzaddik. It can't be. Impossible. When you, when you learn it honestly, from cover to cover, you'll see that this can't be, this can't be written by a human being. It's impossible. The safer. It's, it's from a different plane, a different, a different plan. Not, not just being deep, but where he takes you. Where he takes you, where he takes your imagination, where he takes your feelings, where he takes your emotions, where, where he's, he's leading you on to connecting one, two, three, and building a whole block here, and you don't know what's happening. I've never seen such a thing. It's like learning Gemara, or Zohar even, or Kitve Ari, or something, it's, or Midrash, or Shulchan Aruch. It's not like a learning which is an intellectual investment and steigen, uh, like they say, okay? It's not that. He takes you with your emotions and your neshama and your ruach. He takes you to a, perce- a perception which you've never been exposed to in your life. And you're flipping out. You say, what is this? This is what Likute Moran does, okay? So this Rav told the, the breast of Rav, I'm feeling he's hinting to who it really is. This shows the connection there is deeply between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Nachman. He also made a, say, a statement like that. Rabbi Shimon said, that through, when my, through this book, the Zohar, the, the Mashiach will come. And Rabbi Nachman also said that when my Sefer is spread in the world, you can anticipate the coming of Mashiach. Everything's okay there? Okay. So this is just a connection between these two tzaddikim and why we make a big, big deal of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Lagba Omer, especially on this holy day. It's not a joke. People do a lot of Mesirat Nefesh to go there. Uh, on one hand, you have this thing called Uman Rosh Hashanah, where mainly men go, right? But by like Baomer, it's something in, people know. The whole family goes. You take everybody, the men, the women. It's like a family event for this tzaddik, okay? People want to say, ah, it's a recent thing. 30 years it's been going on. It's all a waste of money and it's a waste of time. Not true. The Arizal already brings down in his time, which is going before 500 years ago. He says already people were doing this, going to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai on, on Lag Baomer. One thing we'll, we'll finish with this is the Tiferet Shlomo Radomsk. He writes, Amen. The Tiferet Shlomo Radomsk writes that traveling to a tzaddik requires Mesirat Nefesh. What does it mean, Mesirat Nefesh? Is it the schlep and the heat and the expenses and the traveling and, uh, you know, waiting in line and, and when Bittu, you know, Bittu Torah because you're, you're, you're waiting and going that? That's Mesirat Aguf, he says. 
Misirat Nefesh, I can't say this. The Radomskar said this. Misirat Nefesh means even Avasafik of an Avera. You hear this? This is scary because you know Mitzvah Baba Avera is Avera. He says to travel to a Tzadik, which Rabbi Nachman calls in Lesson 66, something which one's whole Yiddishkeit is dependent upon. You would think, where's, where's the source for this? <laughs> it's a whole lesson in Likutirman, Lesson 66. Rabbi Nachman says, one's, it's a powerful statement. People hear this say, well, you've got to be kidding. But it's, it's written down. You have to learn it. You have to see where it comes from. He says, traveling to a tzaddik is an, a, is an action, an activity that one's whole Yiddishkeit depends upon. You hear this? You could be davening, learning in a nice kollel, in a community, and, and put your kids in Talmud Torah. And and Maron, even if it's a we're not, now, we're going to leave the statement general. Okay? This is a general statement. Because Rabbi Nachman himself said it general. When Rav Nossin and Rabbi Nachman talk, they always leave it general, and you have to come up with your, with your own conclusions, okay? They leave it general. Why general? Because since, since it's something which is shayach to, to all of Yiddishkeit in a general level, so we leave the statement open. Yeah, that's how it is always. So his statement is, traveling to a tzad, you, you all of a sudden you jump into Uman and Meron, okay? We'll get into that. For the first, uh, how it's quoted. One's whole Yiddishkeit is dependent on traveling to a tzaddik. You can have everything in your Yiddishkeit, you know, everything's organized, but if you don't have a tzaddik in your life, you're in for a big dead end. Why is that? Why is that? So Vnosan explains. There's what's called the emes of the Torah, and there's what's called the emes or emes of the Torah. The truth and the real truth. What's the truth of the Torah? Parshat Bechukotai. Parshat Bechukotai. Parshat Kitavo. You do mitzvot, you get rewarded. You do bad, you get punished, you get hit, you get scorched, you get burnt, you get... You know, losing, eating children, all the terrible things in, in Parshat Bechukodai Kitavo, okay? You do good, mitzvah. You do bad, Avera, okay? Now you look, you see what the Torah says, and you look at life today, it's like, no way, it's not going to work out. The tests that people are going through today, that people have addictions and people have problems with znus and drugs and alcohol and depression and this and cheating and this, crazy things people are going through, you can't even imagine, right? So here's what the Torah says. And here's what people are doing. So what is it? So according to the Torah, everyone's doomed. Everyone has to be burnt. Everyone has to go to Gainam. Go. That's it. We don't need them anyways. Shalom alay nafshi. I have my little shtibul. I have my kehila. I'm protected. I'm okay. The majority of Jews, they can go to Azazel. They can go rot. Right? That's, that's according to the, the Torah, the truth of the Torah. According to the truth of the Torah, 98% of the Jewish people in the world, forget about the going, the Jewish people are doomed. According to the emet of the Torah. There's what's called the emes or emes. The emet lamito is that if you push strong enough, you can tap in to levels of compassion that were not there. He says, Rav Nosen, Rav Nosen wrote a prayer on Sfirat Omer. He says in the prayer like this, he says, Rabbona Shalom, I know that I blemished all of the etzas, the advice revealed by the tzaddikim, and I blemished the Torah many times. But I believe, Hashem Barach, that you have abundant, endless compassion, which means that there's still advice even to help me after everything I've done in my life, all the blemishes I've gone through and everything. There, there is advice that has not yet been revealed to the world and you Hashem have revealed them to the tzaddikim and the tzaddikim have the capacity and ability to reveal these new levels of compassion so that the Jews don't give up and they can wake up to, 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 to make a crack to, to have an opening. A classic example is like what the Zohar says. The Zohar says what? 
that for the mezid pgama brit, for intentional sexual transgressions, there's no tshuva. No tshuva, okay? A famous statement from the Zohar, that someone who wastes his seed in vain, no tshuva, okay? What did Rabbi Nachman say on that in Sichot Aran? He said, nobody understands the simple meaning of the Zohar except for me. And I say, he said, that tshuva helps even where the Zohar says that there's no hope, tshuva can help. Okay? What? What does the Zohar mean? That's his job. That's Rabbi Nachman. Okay? I'm not Rabbi Nachman. We trust his, his explanation. That he says, I say, the Ramak does give an explanation. The Ramak says, don't take literally what the Zohar says. That the Tshuva doesn't help. It does help. Even the Ramak says that. But they work hard from Shemaim to test you, to convince you that there's no hope. Your test is not to listen and believe what they say. Even Shemaim. Shamayim's telling the guy, there's no hope. So the Zohar was... The Ramak is saying that the Zohar, when it says the Tshuva doesn't help, that's from is what they have to say. It's like, for example, people say, just cyanide it. You know, you know when you buy medication, medication, it says all the side effects, right? So we ask the doctor, what are you giving me this medication, all the side effects? So they say, no, they just write that. <laughs> they just write that, you know? The doctor tells you, they just write that, the side effects and everything, they just write it. But they, they, they don't, don't take it seriously. Well, don't take it seriously. Or it's right, or it's wrong. So there's the emet, which is the main presentation. And there's the emes, which you have to really work hard so to get to. The was writing Mitzat Shemayim? Whatever, take, figure it out. Yeah. But I heard, I, didn't, I heard, I thought I heard once that someone said that this what the Zohar writes is that, of course there is Tshuva, right, because the Ramak and then, and then the, what's called the Matthew. But what the Zohar is referring to is there is something that never goes away. There is a Pagam that can never go away. I don't know, the, this is it. The Zohar himself hints, the Zohar, the Zohar, the Gemara says, sorry, the Gemara says that through Tshuva from Ahava, the sins are trans- transfer- transferred into what? Merits. The persons of Erod are transferred into merits. You hear that? Okay? That's Gemara. Okay? Just you have to work hard to tap into this. Okay, fine. So, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Tzadikim, they're not a joke. And what you've seen in the past years, more and more people, even the Litvish, originally, what is this Bittal Torah to go to Kibri Tzadikim? Now the big Litvish Rabbani themselves, they go to by Kibri Tzadikim. It's amazing. It's become so understood and so recognized as a necessity as a part of Yiddishkeit to go to tzaddikim, whether physical living tzaddikim or graves of tzaddikim, which is another bigger thing, to go to the tzaddikim. So we have this amazing thing of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. I won't continue so much, but you should know it's a big thing. It's a big zach, it's a mesirat nefesh, a lot of bitul Torah. He writes in Sefer Hamidot Rabbi Nachman under the oath of tzaddik, in the chapter called Tzadik, he says, Lifamim bitula shel Torah, right, the word in the Chazal is Zeu Kiyuma. He writes, Zeu Yesoda, the Yesod of the Bitu Torah, and it's the chapter of the Tzadik, meaning to travel to Tzadikim is the Yesod of the Torah. You need a Tzadik in your life. You need a Tzadik who will be there to give you hope, because where the Torah's Rachmanut ends, where the compassion of the Torah ends, that's where the compassion of the Tzadikim starts. Where the Torah says, you know, okay, I can't help you, I'm sorry, you're finished, you're doomed and everything. So the tzaddikim have a power to nudge, to find an opening that there's, there is still hope. But it's dependent that the person is sincere and honest and he really wants to become a better person. He's saying, I, I want to, but look, I'm trapped, I'm addicted, I'm this, I'm that. person, he says, his lacks his, his weaknesses, his, um, 
deficiencies, he always recognizes it. The fact that a person is open about it and he's honest and he tries to express himself to Hashem for help, this already means the world. This is enough to eventually tip the scale. When, where, how, nobody knows. This is the secret of life. That no one knows when the salvation will come, but a person keeps on going, he'll have an opening. So this again, though, is what we want to stress, the idea of the power of the tzaddikim. Fine. We're continuing now. That's what it means, Ramachim Could be, yeah. By him, that's for sure. That when he made a promise, that anybody that comes to his grave, gives the coin to charity, says the ten chapters called the Tikkun HaKlali, and regrets what they did, and takes upon themselves not to go back to their stupidity, he promised that he will pull them, the, these people out, and he says, he's just by their pace. By their pace. What does it mean by their pace? That you need pace for that? What if you don't have pace? He won't pull you out? What about women who don't have, we may not have pace, whatever. <laughs> so he's, by pace means that even those people who seem to be from, okay, who show the world that they're from, and you would never think that these people, they do this and this and that, and they do. And their busha is much more greater. Before Hashem, before, before the tzaddikim, they feel even worse about themselves. They're eating themselves inside out more than other people because of the, of the contradiction between who they, who they represent. What? It was a whole share we gave. The conclusion is that even Mezit. Ravai Kaplan is the only one who wrote it Miforash. Ravai Kaplan in in, of all places, the Mam Loez, his translation of Mam Loez, Torah Anthology, Parashat Vayeshev, where it talks there about the sin of Yehuda and Tamar. There the author of the Mam Loez goes into the whole, the whole Tikkun and Tshuva process for Pekam Abrit, and he doesn't give a strong solution. He says the best you can do is to fast for the rest of your life every Sunday and Thursday. Okay? Every Monday, Monday and Thursday. And on that, Ravai Kaplan couldn't hold back he couldn't hold back. He wrote a footnote. I think we went into this. I told this story mm-hmm. once. It's it again. He wrote a footnote saying, today we have the 10 chapters revealed by the Hasidic master, Rabbi Nachman of Brestov, called the Tikkun HaKlali, which helps even for mezid, even for intentional sins, okay? And we said, by the way, back then there was typesetting. Not like today, everything's on the computer. The typesetter for my Muslim publications for the Torah anthology was a Skver Hasid. And he refused to put this in. So Rai Kaplan says, you have to put this in or I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. So the, the owner of Mizlaim told the Skerech said, you want your job? You have to put it in. <laughs> if, you, if you don't put it in, you're fired. We need Rai Kaplan no, to finish the right. anthology. Yeah. Okay? All right. Fine. So that's the classic example of going to Rabbi Nachman's Kever. We can pull out a person, no matter what they did. No matter what they did. Okay? By other people, they say, that person, he's a Rasha Marusha, he's this, he's never going to get up at Chet and this and that. But if a person like that wants to do tshuva, there's hope. Okay? When the Gemara says in Perek Chelek, Sanhedrin, that these are the following people who have no portion in the world to come, it's because they passed away with their negative attitude. If they would have really woken up, yeah, you're saying no. If they would have really woken up, there would have been help for them even. Okay, you hear that? The thing is that people, a person is left with his gaiva. So they died before they even died. Yeah, they died before they even died. Okay, we're going to continue finally. Let's go back into this, and let's hope we see some connection between what we're learning now to what we spoke about before. Let's see. So I'm going to go over just a quick chazara from what we did last week. Okay, and we'll try to we'll continue to advance to the next. uh, Next paragraph, Bezat Hashem. Okay? In the Likutei Tfilot, 
the, this paragraph and the following Siv Dalit are connected. So we won't yet do the prayer part. We'll wait till we finish this whole section, and then we'll go into the into the into the prayer part. Is it Okay, like this. We do this a few times already, okay? This is the whole idea of the verse from Psalms chapter 37 where, where King David says, or they, they say about, Hashem is saying about David HaMelech, the, the Torah of the, his Lord, his God, is in his heart, which as a result, his legs won't stumble, right? And the proof he's trying to prove from this is that once you elevate the mitzvah by doing the mitzvah besimcha, you elevate the mitzvah to the level of the heart, lev. Because belibo always means simcha. Because the verse reads, natata simcha belibi. We went into this a few times already. Elibo is sadness. Vaitatsev elibo. It says in Parshat, uh, the end of Parshat Bereshit. That father, father, the, the generation, the, the punishment for the Dora Mabul, the generation of the flood, that that the sadness became inflicted towards Hashem's heart, elibo to his heart, belibo is simcha. Okay, so when Torah elokav belibo, when I'm zochet to do the mitzvot with such joy, the mitzvot are learned from the Torah. Torah elokav means I fulfill the mitzvot even under difficulty, under tests of sadness, which is Elohim, Midat Hadin, the, the attitude of judgment. Yet, nonetheless, I'm doing the mitzvot of joy. Proof is it's belibo, it's in my heart. I've elevated the mitzvah up to the level, right, of the heart. It says there by Yaakov Avinu, you remember? Vaisa, libo et raglav. You remember it says, how does the Pasuk say? When Yaakov had the dream of the sulam. You remember? It's the parashat vayetzeh. So he had the dream of the sulam. Hashem promised him, I'm going to be with you. Don't worry. And then when he woke up, wow, what a dream. Zeshar Shamayim. And then he made a net there. If, I, if Hashem, you keep your, your, your word, I, I promise when they come back to offer a korban here. And then it says, what's the pasuk? Vaisa libo et raglav? Vaisa et raglav? Rashi says, libo nisa et raglav. You remember? His heart led his feet, carried his feet. Let's see the pasuk. the translation art scroll so Jacob lifted his feet he, Jacob lifted his feet. Let's see if he brings on Rashi. He doesn't bring another Rashi. Rashi says, what does it mean Jacob lifted his feet? What a funny word, lifted his feet. So he said, Libo nisat raglav. Jacob's heart, because he was so happy from the good news, Rashi says it also, he was happy from the good news that Hashem's going to protect him, that his, his heart, the simcha and the heart, lifted up the legs. It fits, on, it fits in perfectly with our lesson, by the way. That when the simcha and the heart... It lifts up the legs. The legs now are elevated because we want to get now to the next le- le- level of elevating the legs. That's what he said. Torah elokav belibo, because the Torah, the mitzvot I'm doing no, with, are in the heart, which means I'm doing the besimcha. As a result, my legs now lotim ad ashurav. My legs won't stumble from what he's saying. Shehi olechet that now the mitzvah 
which is now reflected in the legs, it goes now to wake up the whole world. That's what he said earlier. That a mitzvah has in its power to wake up the world. What he's saying here is something amazing. What he's saying is, you want to help wake up the world to come back to Hashem? Do mitzvot. Do mitzvot b'simcha. For this, we have to give a nice credit to the Babacher Rabbi Alava Shalom. That whole things, his whole thing was to get people to do mitzvot. You remember? He gave out dollar Sundays. He gave out dollars that they should do the mitzvah of giving tzedakah. He told them, check your mitzvah, put on mezuzot, you know, give tzedakah, have a pushka and everything. Kol kavot, you know, mitzvah tanks. You remember the mitzvah tanks? Okay? To, to do mitzvot, but now with the point by Rabbi Nachman is b'simcha. Doing mitzvot is one thing. But doing mitzvot b'simcha is what gets the world to wake up. You want to change the world? This is what Rabbi Nachman is saying here, basically. You really want to get people to do tshuva. You want to get those atheists and those anti-religious guys in downtown Tel Aviv and whatever. You want them to wake up? You want them to come back? Whether even the Rav or not, I don't know. That's not my, that's not my name, But now, you want to get people to wake up? Do mitzvot b'simcha. Somebody bothers you. I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're, they're, they're making it hard for the religious people and this and that. Make it hard to get to Meron. <laughs> okay? You know, how to get things working to be happy. Doing the mitzvot b'simcha. I just want you to know, last week they posted, the people in Masharim, that, you know, the, we see clearly that what's happening with Meron, I know it's not a politic class, but it's the, the point which comes out connected to our shir. The police are doing things and people are not happy what the police are doing. You can't get to Uman, you have to buy a ticket. Tickets are sold out. If you're not in a certain hour, then you get a fine. They won't let you in. And they destroyed a base midrash and made things so upside down in Meron, okay? So the people in Masharim, they wrote like this. So what are we going to do? Everybody, bring your musical instruments, bring your strimal, bring, if you have your halakha kids that you're bringing to cut their hair in, in Meron, bring everything, and wherever the police stop you, take out the musical instruments, take out everything, take out the cakes and the l'chaim, and there be b'simcha. He says, this is how we subdue the evil, is by being b'simcha, to show that we're not broken, to show Hashem that we're not broken, to show Rabbi by Yochai that we're not broken. This is what he's saying here also. That when you do mitzvot, it's a mitzvah, obviously. You're celebrating in honor of the chalaka, to cut the hair. It's a chinuch, which is part of the mitzvah, chinuch, okay? So when you're doing a mitzvah, anything that's connected to a mitzvah, b'simcha, this is the greatest way to subdue your enemies. Enemies, the evil, the evil they want to see you sad. Because atzvot is the sign, the signia of the klipot. What's the signia of the klipot? Atzvut. Atzvut is the representation of the evil. The evil wants everyone to be sad. Tisha be'av, all year round. That's the evil, okay? If now you're able to be besimcha, even in, in the face of evil, you won, right? Afata haket ishinav, right? Right, so we say in the Agada. Make his teeth grind. How do you make the enemy's teeth grind? By being besimcha. If you nizoche to do mitzvot b'simcha, that's how you subdue the evil. Okay? We remember the story we told about the Baal Shem Tov that we did in Brestov, and every the Hasidim tell on the last day of Pesach, uh, we, we didn't see each other for a long time. Chaval. Mm-hmm. The story of the Baal Shem Tov's trip to Eretz Yisrael, mm-hmm. by all Hasidic circles, they tell over the story on the last Suda of Pesach. Right? It's yeah. called Suda Baal Shem Tov. 
Chabad has their version, Breslam has their version, Boyan has their version, right? you know, Ruzhin has their version, everyone has a different version of the story, we're not going into that. But one point in the story, which I think is common by everyone, is the incident with the Baal Shem Tov in Istanbul, where he promised this couple who couldn't have kids, he said to them, I know why you came all the way to Istanbul to meet me, and Hashem now granted your request, granted your will, you will be blessed with a boy this year. And right as soon as he said that, his face turned like pale white and his eyes popped out. And Odil, the daughter of the Baal Tov, she said, I saw my father do many aliyat and neshama. But like this, I never saw. It was scary. And it was like that, sitting at the Lel Seder table with these guests, these rich guests from Germany, this couple from Germany that came from Berlin, and all their waiters and everything and their entourage that came with them. And the Baal Shem Tov student, Rev Hirsch Sofer, and his daughter Odil, okay? And they're all looking at the Baal Shem Tov's face, and they're scared to move because his eyes were like popping out almost, and he was white. And then he snapped out, and he said, Okay, I'm going to serve Hashem without Olam Abba. They didn't understand what he was talking about. He said like this, when he, when he came out of the trance, out of the Aliyat Neshama, he said to the people at the table, like this, he says, As soon as I promised you, you're both sterile from birth. You can't have kids. You, the man, the husband, and the wife, you guys are both sterile from birth. When I decreed you're going to have children, and, and blessed you, and tzaddik goes there, kadosh bochum mekayem, okay? They're, they're aroused against me a major uh, prosecution in, in the Beit Din Shemala, in the heavenly court. Who is the Baal Shem Tov to go against nature? This man can't have kids. This woman can't have kids. Who is he to change the ways of nature? You know, it's involving the Gilgulim and everything. You have to, Hashem, you have to change everything now. Who is he? So they said, you're right. So the, 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 the punishment executed towards the Baal Shem Tov is he has to lose his portion of the world to come. So when the Baal Shem Tov heard this, heard this at first he was broken, but then he got out. Because he remembered that if you're sad, this can't be from the Kedusha. It has to be from the evil side, which was. The, the, it was the Yetzara who was the prosecution. So he said, okay, very well. I'm going to serve Hashem now with no Lamaba. And he started to be happy. So the, the, the story, so he said, he went on to say, the prosecution was so upside down, upset that I'm happy. They said, okay, give him back his Lamaba. He shouldn't be so happy. Just give it back to him, okay? So, that, so the, the point is like this. You want to subdue your enemies? You do the mitzvah b'simcha. You show that you're b'simcha. It's not easy. Again, it's not easy. We're talking. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking. It's a class, it's everything. Fine and dandy. And then we go to our lives again and we go back into our atzvut and our marashchora and whatever we go through. Okay? But this is, the, this is the kivun. This is another reason why we need tzaddikim. Tzaddikim is someone, a tzaddik, Rav Nosin says, is someone who's always there to give you that push. When you're broken, when you're tzabrochen, you need help. Someone in jail can't free himself. You need a tzaddik. So this is why you need a tzaddik. And the whole thing of Rabbi Shimon, it says, Chadi Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon was happy. Chadi. Chadi is, uh, means the joy. The idea of Rabbi Shimon, Bar Yochai, why he's so necessary in your life, is because he gives you that simcha that you need, even in the worst situations. You're in a bad situation. Most people in the world, when they're in a bad situation, they do the wrong things. They make it worse. If, however, even someone in a bad situation, okay, has a tzaddik in his life, even if he does make a bad situation, bad decision, but because he has a tzaddik in his life, it is always an opening to get out. The tzaddik sends a person hope that no matter what he goes through, he's going to continue. That's the sign that a person is truly connected to a tzaddik, if he dropped it all or not. 
you have people, we said we went through this a lot. Rabbi Nachman in lesson 31, he says there's four types of people who come to a tzaddik. They correspond to the Arbash and Nechnesu de Pardes. The four, the Gemara Chagiga. There were four rabbis, Tanaim, who went into Gan Eden, Pardes. Rabbi Akiva, Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, Acher. Okay? Of the four, three were tzaddikim. One, Lemafreya, was a Rasha. Okay? The three that were tzaddikim was Rabbi Akiva. He entered and left normally, safe. Ben Azai, he went crazy. Ben Zuma, he died. But they were all tzaddikim. Acher, Elisha Ben Avuya, was the problem that he became a kofr. Okay? So Renachman brings this down to say the same is true of people come close to the tzaddik. You have four categories of people come to tzaddikim. Okay? It's not justified to say all brestavers are cuckoo. Or brestavers are you know, the people in the world, they think their brestavers are not normal. That's maybe one group. <laughs> one group of people. But they don't represent me, I'm sorry. Not my, you're, not, you're, not, you're not my Natsik. You're not my representative, I'm sorry. Okay? You have people, because that's, most people, they're scared. When you, when, they, when you tell them I'm getting depressive, oh no, he's going to go crazy. He's going to lose a Shalom Bai. And if this is going to go down, and every, they, they, they start making a whole story that everything's doomed. They're crazy people. They're in the mental hospitals. And then there's some truth to what they say. And that, Rabbi Nachman says, it's a test. Who you really are will come out when you come close to a tzaddik. He says in Sikhot Haran, I know I'm going off a lot, but it's, some, it's very important to talk about this. In Sikhot Haran, Rabbi Nachman says, coming close to a tzaddik is like someone who boils water, which is like contaminated water, acid rain, dirty water, but it looks clear, it looks clean. You take a cup of water from the, you know, it's raining and raining and next to the sewer, you take some water, okay, it looks pretty clean. But when you boil the water, all the garbage, all the sediments come up to the top. So the same thing, a person who comes to a tzaddik, before he comes to a tzaddik, he looks like pretty normal, he looks okay. And then when he comes close to a tzaddik, all this garbage starts coming out. All the sediments start coming out. So you might think, it's worse now, what do I need this? No, now you're getting your purification process. Now we're cleansing you from Shemayim. You're getting cleansed now that all of the garbage is coming out. So also, if a person is not sincere, if he has what's called, like it says about Akher, what was his problem? Tina, yesh belibe. He had ulterior motives, Tina. He had ulterior motives in his heart. It wasn't, wasn't 100% Hashem Shemayim. He was into Chochmot, into philosophy and everything, okay? So he had ulterior motives, and it came out, when, it, when, when Rabbi Nachman says, it comes out of a person when he comes close to a tzaddik, if now he's really a bad person, has ulterior motives, that will come out also. You get to see the real face of a person. And if he's a Rabbi Akiva Nik, he could be a Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, which also tzaddikim, but they can't handle the intensity of the light. One went cuckoo, and one died. In other words, you have people, it's too intense. They're good people, they're honest, but they can't handle too much light. They don't know how to put on the brakes. They have to put on the brakes. It doesn't make them uh, Rashaim, though. It doesn't make them evil people. It means that they didn't know how to take... We're going to go into the idea of Matei Vela Matei. They don't want to take the light properly with the right constriction, the right bounce back to accept the bounce properly, etc. Okay? But the point is, you have people, yes, they come to a tzaddik and the bad comes out. All the bad comes out. Okay? I went off a lot. Okay? Oh. But, when you, but you need a tzaddik, though, because he's there to help you. He's there really to bring out who you really are. You're good part, you're good, you're good also. 
and it's, it's, a, it's a purification process. I went off, and when I go off, I always forget the train of connections. If you can remind me where we, how we got into this, if not, we'll continue with that. Okay, so going back to here, this is what he's saying here, that the mitzvah goes to wake up the whole people, okay? When you do mitzvah the simcha, that's the way to get the world back to serve Hashem. This was funny. One thing was funny, I have to say this. There's a guy in Israel, he became very popular. Okay, he's like, a, they call these people RSC. RSC are people, they don't wear kippahs, but they keep Shabbat, they go to Uman Rosh Hashanah, they go to Tzadikim, they go to Merun Lag Baomer, they love Tzadikim, they put on tefillin, but you know, they're like this. They don't put on kippahs and stuff like that, they call them RSC. This is a guy, he purposely gets tickets. And then he shows, he puts online, he puts on viral, how he's so happy. Oh yes, Baruch Hashem, I got another ticket. And, he began, and, he, and he's dancing and, and, and showing the whole world. He became so popular, he's on, the, he's on the news now. They invited him, you know, and he's getting fame now. He's getting money now. <laughs> he's getting good. So they, you know, they had money. He said he got a ticket and he felt the best way to deal with it is to be happy. But it's not enough that I should be happy on my own. I want the world to see that I'm happy. So he started recording every time he got a ticket. So, and you see the police officer, you know, trying to make him feel up, up, upset, atzbani, they say, yeah. to get him angry and everything. Say, Baruch Hashem. And he's saying, Tov lehodot, Hashem. He's not saying it. <laughs> he's such, showing not only that I'm not sad, I'm not upset, I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay, that's how he got them. That's how he nailed them. That's how he screwed them. That's okay? when they get somewhere. Yeah. Because that's what he's saying. You want to bring down your enemies, you show that you're happy. You show that you're besimcha, that's, how, that's what he's saying here. This is what wakes up the whole world. Let's go on. What we said last week. Halichot eli malki bakodesh. Right? Halichot eli malki bakodesh. The whole verse, remember we read last week, it's a Psalms, chapter 68. They saw Hashem, you're walking in the sea, like Rashi explains there. Halichot eli. And the walking of my God, the going of my God, Malki Bakodesh, Malki Bakodesh. It's funny because in the translation, the comma is somewhere else. Halichot Eli Malki, comma Bakodesh. Rabbi Nachman's reading it like this. Look how he reads it. Kishemalin Malchut Letocha Kedusha. When you elevate Malchut Kedusha. So Rabbi Nachman's reading it like this. Halichot Keli, comma Malki Bakodesh. When Malki Bakodesh, when I elevate Hashem's Malchut into holiness, how do I do that? When I do the mitzvot with joy, mitzvot are associated with Hashem's Malchut, mitzvot, shechina, Malchut are all synonyms. They're all connected. Remember that. Malchut, the lowest sphere of Hashem, and the shechina is Hashem's Malchut. Hashem's kingdom is His divine presence. And the mitzvot, like we said, are the representation of the shechina. How do you show Hashem's presence in this world? By doing mitzvot. This world has no at all indication of Hashem. On a revealed level, you have to have eyes of emunah to see Hashem, yes. But the way this world runs, people getting up, going downtown to Macy's and in downtown Manhattan and having a job and this, and how the world runs, people get up in the morning, go to work, come out night, eat supper, go to sleep, the next day and party a little and whatever. The way this world works, you don't see Hashem. You don't see Hashem. What shows physically Hashem? The mitzvot. The mitzvot, we take physical matter. You take tefillin, you take leather to make a little parashiyot and tefillin. You take wool to make a tzitzit, okay? And then the brachot you say. The energy you eat, and then you say brachot. Sveta Omer is a, is a mitzvah by just speech, okay? 
all the brachot you do eating and you say a bracha on it, okay? Everything is a mitzvah, is revealing Hashem's divine presence and malchut in this world. So Malki Bakodesh, back to the verse. He reads it like this: Halichot Keli Mal Isru Malki Bakodesh. Kishamalin Malchut Etoch Gedusha. He Malbeshet Et Halichot Eli Et Netzachot Yesod. So he's saying Halichot Keli, the walking of my Lord. Halichot is plural, so it means two legs. You walk with two legs. So Halichot, it's plural. It's the right leg and the left leg, which correspond to Netzach and Hod in the Kabbalah. Keli is another term we we saw last week referring to Yesod. Kel Shakai. Kel Shakai is a name, is a synonym for the Sphira of Yesod. Okay, remember that? So, Halichot Keli is a three. Halichot is two, Eli is one, so that's three. It's true, Malki Bakodesh, Keshemalin Malchut Etoch Akdusha. When you elevate Malki Bakodesh, so the reading is Halichot Keli, comma. The Pshad is though, Halichot Keli Malki, comma, Bakodesh, is in the Bakodesh. And Rabbi Nachman's taking the verse and playing games with it, okay? So he's saying, what is he trying to say here? The mitzvah that you did with joy, even though you're in the shmutz, you're going through Elokim, Torah Elokav, the first verse. You're going through dinim, you're going through difficulties, and yet you're like, you're out of it, and you, this is driving you nuts, and this phone call is driving you nuts, and how am I going to dive in in the morning now when I woke up late and my head is turning, and this is driving me crazy already from this and that? Yet, yet you're able to still do the mitzvah besimcha, okay? So with that, you elevate the mitzvah to the level of the legs. What does that mean? That now my mitzvah has movement. What does that mean? It means that my mitzvah now can move everybody. It's like molecules. Remember, you, remember, you ever learned in science molecules? How does heat work? How does something heat up? It's like you heat up this one molecule and it heats up the other ones because it's moving. So it starts bump, bumping into the next molecule, next molecule, and they start, all of a sudden everything heats up. So one is moving, boom, 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 and it starts moving everyone. They all start moving because of him. So your mitzvah, you do, is energy. When you do a mitzvah, it's spiritual energy. Mamash, spiritual energy. And it, it doesn't stay by itself. Because it's energy, spiritual energy, it gets everybody to move. Movement to what? Not physical movement. Movement back to Hashem. Because the world in itself is cold. Cold. Everyone's cold. People are cold, sad. World, this world in itself, people are just... You see people size, uh, cracking up? No, people are not smiling at the street. Someone sent me a nice uh, video yesterday. They did an experiment. There's a guy on a subway, I think, in, in England, whatever, in Britain. And it's like set up. There's people with like hidden cameras, and they want to observe people. So the guy, he's like, has his headphones in, and he's like, you see, he's like on his tablet. And in front of everybody, everyone's, you know, how the, the trains are in England. Everybody's Tisha B'Av. Everyone's for sure sad, okay? So he starts cracking up, but... <laughs> All of a sudden, the, the people with the hidden cameras, they want to see people's observations. All of a sudden, the whole train starts cracking up. Because this one guy is cracking up and cracking up and cracking up. They think they, they could hold themselves. Even the most serious, like British guy, 
Like real, like, you know, like the, the, the hound dog, you know, the dogs are looking very sad. The guy's looking at that, and he starts cracking up. And they did this experiment to see one guy cracking up. They have no idea why he's laughing. They know he's looking at something funny. But he starts cracking up and cracking up and cracking up until 90% of the, of the train starts cracking up. And then after they did the experiment, they gave everybody, like, a, a, they showed this was like a, a planned thing. And they gave like a, a gift, a Coca-Cola can, whatever. You see them give it a, a can. They, they couldn't believe what they did. It was a good experiment. It shows one person is happy, it gets everybody happy. So the same thing, huh? I saw something like that. I said, you smile at the world, the world smile back at you. Mamash. But it has to be a real smile. Yeah. Right? Not like the gentleman president smile, you know, the, the fake smile. Get out of here. I want, your, I want to kill you. <laughs> I want to kill you. I want your money. <laughs> right, okay. So this is what he's saying here. The mitzvah has legs. Legs moving Vaisa Yaakov et Raglav, what we just saw. Right? Legs, movement of legs, Rashi says, is the, heart, the simcha gets the legs to move. When you, when you do movement, it's because you want the movement. When, you, when a person wakes up to shul and, and he gets himself, and he goes, he walks, it says in Allah, you shouldn't run to shul in the morning. Why? Because you want to show that simcha. The, sim, the simcha is expressed in getting up early. But people who are not happy, they don't want to get up in the morning. Oh, I'll sleep another hour, I'll sleep another two. People are not the simcha. It's reflected in their heaviness and doing the mitzvot. Oh, here we go, after the marv, oh, after the marv, right? The person's like upset. Oh, mincha, oh, shoot, after the mincha now, and this and that. You know, the davening is the best expression of heaviness and doing mitzvot b'simcha. It's in the davening. For some reason, davening is the hardest thing to do b'simcha. For some reason. Yeah, and yet, it's the most powerful connection to, uh, to simcha is dafka the, the, the davening. Because what is happening? Because it's repetitive. Yeah, but it's shevach. It's praising Hashem That's with this new day. It's the problem is a person's not happy with himself. So how in the world do you expect him to daven with simcha? That's why, that's why it's a big avoda. It's a big avoda to be b'simcha, because then it brushes off. Okay, to be happy, we need a tzaddik. Like we said at the beginning of this pasuk, Ra'u halichotecha alokim. Remember, we need to see the the halicha of Hashem. We have to see the, the Hashem making where there was water to make a path. You need eyes to see that. And every Jew has countless miracles that only he sees. When you recognize Hashem's hand and everything, and you're happy about it, and you don't say, okay, it was a miracle, and you just continue with life. No, you focus on it. So this allows you to, what's it called? Uh, to ingrain, ingrain, internalize the, the simcha. You internalize the situation, it brings you the simcha now that you have a happy attitude. It's amazing, you know, when Hashem does you a favor, focus on it. Don't say, okay, yeah, thank you, Hashem, thank you, let's go on, right now, we have to go on, I have to do my daf yomi, I have to... <laughs> Recognize it. That's the davening, that's why davening is hard. Because most of davening is shevach, is giving praise to Hashem. 98% of davening is what? It's giving thanks. You have the bakashot and the shmones, you're fine. But the brachot in before Minmar, the brachot of before Kratchma, after Kratchma, it's all praising Hashem. Okay? Shachrit, 90%. Come on, 95% is praising Hashem. Sukkot de Zimra, Hodu. Okay, it's, it's all about praising Hashem. Even in the Korbanot, the, 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 the request and Bakashot between, between the, the Ktoret, the Korbanot, and everything you have there. You're at Son, Nachon? Fine. So let's go on. Halichot Eli Malki Bakodesh, Keshemalim Malchut Etoch Akdusha, Himalbeshet et Halichot Eli et Netzachot Yesod, Lelech Uleorer Kol Advarim Navodat Hashemit Barach. To go. And arouse, you see, all the things. We, said, we mentioned this last year, last week. He started the, the, the paragraph of the, um, he started paragraph three 
יש כוח במצווה ללך ולעורר כל העולמות, all the worlds. What does it say here? לעורר כל הדברים. He changed the wording. He started off, and again, this lesson is לשון רבנו, which means every word is precise. Every word is measured here. So he started off that when a person does a mitzvah of a joy, it has the power to rouse all the worlds, all the olamot. And now he says that at the end, the mitzvah now has the power to arouse all the things. Well, why did he change? Why did Rabbi Nachman start off with olamot and then he went to dvarim? So they have an answer here. He says something nice in the notes here. Rav Chaim Kramer brings down from Mabu'a Nachal. Uh, where is it? There's a commentary called Mabu'a Nachal. You don't have it. It's a, it was a... It was a it was a, new, uh, a monthly newsletter that came out between 1980, 1981, that once it's in the Olamas, then it comes out in the Dvarim that we have in this. So first stage is Olamot, according to you in the Dvarim. Let's not only does a mitzvah performed in joy have the power to arouse the higher worlds, when you say worlds, that's already dimensions. Atzilut, Bria, Yetzira, Asiya, that's the worlds in general. Okay? But even the lowly creations of this world, the things, also become aroused to serve God. That's, that's what you said, that when waking up, we want to wake up first big, big time. And when you wake up big time, then it goes on the tiny details. Meaning what? When you do a mitzvah, what pushes you to do the mitzvah? My tiny mitzvah is shaking the entire world. In other words, when you look big, it gives you a push. For example, when, they, when someone wants you to buy a product, or someone wants to convince you about doing a decision in like a, a CEO and a major thing, they say, do you realize what's gonna happen? If we do this, millions of people are gonna buy our product, and this, they always speak in big terms. And then you get motivated. Also, when you go to like a, a, a weight loss class, mm-hmm. millions of people have done this. Millions of people have changed their lives. You know, always, you start off big, and you say, wow, this is this, I'm in. Why? Because they convince you on the bigger scale, and then it gets you to the tiny details. This is true for the klipa, for the sheker, the falsehood, and it's also true for the kedusha. That way, to get you motivated, you need to do something big. Rav Shmuel Shapira, he told his son-in-law, he's a son-in-law of Shmuel Shapiro, he passed away. He has a son-in-law, Lefkovich. He lives, I think, in Monroe. Okay, he's blind. He lost Monty. his sight. Monty. He was a square chassid, he became a wrestler. He heard from his father-in-law like this. He, when, when he first met his father-in-law, it was on a trip they went together, Ervosh Chodesh Tevet or Shvat to Meron in 1970. 1970, they had a private uh, Arab taxi. It was like a, it was like a Mercedes uh, three or four or four. Was I remember those? I remember these taxis when I first came here. They were like uh, orange, and they had like a like a limousine. It was a Mercedes Benz, and had like three or four rows. Okay, it's like a, lo- a longer car. I remember them, 25, 30, 35 years ago. Okay, so they had this taxi. Took them to Miron. 
and he, he, was, he was just observing in awe of Rishmur Shapiro, like he was someone who was totally connected to Hashem, just looking at him. So he said that as soon as he got to Meron, Rishmur Shapiro, became, he, he went up to be chazan, without asking anybody, he went up to be chazan. He later told, told him like this, he says, whenever you feel not motivated to daven, it's best to be chazan. Why? It's what's called emat tzibur. When you're doing something and it's collective, it gives you more brent, more fire to do it. This is how it is also for every tiny mitzvah you do. When you do a tiny mitzvah, <clears throat> and you know it has major repercussions on the whole world, you're more motivated to do it. You remember the story we went through? We told the story. There was a guy in Siberia, a Jew. They put him in a room, and on the wall was a grinder. You know, like for the matzahs, the grinder. And he told him, on the, well, he asked him what's on the other side of the wall. He says, you're grinding wheat for all of Russia. For 20 years, he was grinding, knowing that he's making flour, grinding wheat, flour, okay, for 20 years. So he, what kept him going? I'm doing something which is useful for the world at large. At the end, he asked when he got out, can I see what's on the other side of the wall? They showed him there was nothing there. And it broke, and he almost died. When he saw that he was grinding for nothing for 20 years, it almost killed him. But what kept him going for 20 years? What keeps a Jew going is, and here's the truth though, it's not like a made up thing. It's when you do a tiny mitzvah, when you do a bracha, you know, if they, were, if they were to tell you now, do you know your bracha now has the chance to tip the scale of the entire world to bring them back to Hashem? When they show a person that, they, they, they infuse them, will the person say the bracha, he won't say anything like that, he can say it very carefully. It's like you're going up in front of 5,000 people and they're all listening to your bracha on the microphone. You're not going to say right? The guy who now is saying a bracha in front of everybody in the reform shows. Right? He's the microphone, and he has five thousand people in front of him. He's not going to say the bracha fast. He's going to say the bracha slowly, right? Because that's how it is. When you do something and you know it's collective, it's easier to do it. It's, there's more gishmak. So here it is also the way to get a person to do mitzvah besimcha is to convince him that the mitzvah has general ramifications. It's klali. That's what he said in the beginning, that you have the power of your mitzvah to get the worlds moving. And now he says, all the nitty-gritty. How are we doing with time? Okay. Well, I wanted to continue a little bit more, but Baruch Hashem, we advanced. We'll stop here. Okay. You know, the, the klipa works the same way too. First, he says, yes. you're good for nothing, so right. why are you going to that chat? First, the big picture. You're nothing, you do the various, and then, oh, you want to still go to Shabbat? Eh, that's what, <coughs> you're not. You're nothing for the Kedusha, but you're yeah. something for the world. Go drop everything and become a, a movie star. Go drop everything and, and go to work and everything. Here you become somebody. Right. And that's why people turn to their addictions and stuff. Here I feel something. It's hard for me to connect to the Torah. It's hard, it's hard. I feel it here. What's needed is to infuse people with Simcha. But for that, you need a Tzaddik. You need a Tzaddik. That's why we should be zochim to be close to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Nachman Ben Fege, all the tzaddikim, right? Who's a tzaddik? Who's a tzaddik? Man de Natar Brit. The Zohar asks, who is a tzaddik? Someone who guards the Brit. A tzaddik is someone who's mastered his sexual purity. He's already passed the test. He's already there. And because of that... How could you know such a thing? That's why you have to daven. Rabbi Nachman says, the way to find one of the indications of a true tzaddik is you look at the students. If the Talmudim are good people, then you know that the tzaddik that they're receiving from is someone honest. It's like a stamp, a rubber stamp. On the rubber stamp, all the letters are backwards. I can ask again, how do I see on the guys that they're good? How, what's the litmus test for that? So you, there, there is what's considered as basic, normal human beings understanding of a good person. 
a good Samaritan, that's what I call it, a good Samaritan. When you see people are good and, uh, and honest and upright, and they're all connected to one Sunday, you can assume that that's and, and the Rebbe that you're connecting to has to be someone who's alive or not? That's another class. And we wanted to do this many times before you came, Mr. Hashem, to be continued. What's the simple Shkoyach. test? What's the simple test? Free call? No, it's a 